This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, June 9th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, GM EV drivers get access to Tesla's charging network. Sure, auto sales are rising, but that's not shrinking inventories. And Carvana shares surge again after it says it expects a profit this quarter. Plus, our guest today says there's a persistent training gap in dealership finance and insurance. We'll hear from author Max Zanin, whose latest book is The Definitive Guide to F&I. Bad habits transcend generations in F&I. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. General Motors electric vehicles will be able to charge at 12,000 Tesla superchargers starting next spring. GM also will build Tesla's North American charging standard connectors into its EVs starting in 2025. This follows a similar announcement from Ford last month. GM CEO Mary Barra and Tesla CEO Elon Musk announced the partnership on Twitter Spaces. Elon, you know, you have a large charging network already. And then, you know, with General Motors joining and with Ford, the three U.S.-based uh, uh, auto companies are all on one standard. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's going to drive a lot of adoption, which I think will be really important. So for the customer who's skeptical of an EV, I think it all just got a little better. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it, this will really help people put people's um, mind at ease. And yeah, we can, we can focus on, on one standard and it's, it's really going to be great for consumers. GM says it will weave Tesla's supercharger network into its own vehicle and mobile apps. Tesla's fast charging network is considered both the largest and most reliable in the U.S. Despite economic uncertainty, new vehicle inventories continue to tick up as the pace of vehicle sales remains healthy. That's according to data from Cox Automotive and the Automotive News Research and Data Center. Cox's most recent estimate of U.S. inventories is approaching 1.93 million vehicles. That's up 1% from the previous month and about 71% higher than a year earlier. Though supply is much higher compared with 2022, the level is well below historical norms. Cox says steady supply and higher incentives are holding off the effects of rising interest rates, a trend that will likely continue. It says the new vehicle market should remain relatively strong going into the second half, unless the economy sees tighter credit or more job losses. Debt-heavy Carvana says it expects to achieve an adjusted profit of more than $50 million in its second quarter. That announcement sent share prices soaring for the online used retailer. Carvana shares surged 56% to 24.27 at the Thursday market close. A year earlier, the stock traded at about $25 a share after peaking above 360 in 2021. In the last several months, Carvana has had to scale back its growth plans, trim inventory, and work to reduce its cash burn to focus on improving profitability in a more volatile sales environment. The company continues to face pressure to restructure its looming debt load. 
Lithium-ion battery company Core Power says it intends to borrow $850 million from the U.S. Department of Energy to help finance construction of a 1.3 million square foot advanced battery cell factory in Arizona. It's calling the facility Coreplex. It's expected to produce 6 gigawatt hours of battery energy per year. That's enough to power 28,000 electric vehicles and replace almost 12 million gallons of gasoline. The factory would produce batteries for EVs and energy storage systems. Core's loan with the program is conditional and has not closed yet. That's according to two energy department officials familiar with the discussions who spoke with us at Automotive News. They were not authorized to speak publicly about the pending application. And those are today's headlines. Jamie. So two out of the Detroit three, Ford and GM, have joined Tesla's charging network. Do you think we'll see more automakers jump on that bandwagon? You know, possibly. You know, you mentioned two of the Detroit three. I mean, we'll see about Stellantis. You know, we know some European companies are working on some alternative uh, charging systems. Stellantis showed uh, the inductive charger on the Ram EV concept that would uh, you know, work its way out like a Roomba and connect to the car. That could be an even better solution than what Tesla's offering. Some of the others are working on 800 volt charging, which would be super fast, really as fast as filling up a gas tank. I think the most likely to follow next would probably be Honda because they're working in conjunction with General Motors on their next generation of EVs before they try to go off on their own, you know, Tapping into that Tesla supercharger network it would be a, a huge jumpstart for them. Interesting. Coming up, author Max Zanin's latest dealership-focused book is The Definitive Guide to F&I. He joins us next on Daily Drive. Longtime listener of AM Radio, we at Automotive News want to hear from you. We're currently taking audio submissions for an upcoming LinkedIn Live where you, the listener, can tell us why you love AM Radio in your car, how long you've been tuning in, and if you're for or against it being completely wiped out from new vehicles in the future. Legislators have recently introduced a bill that would require AM Radio to remain in vehicles to ensure access to emergency alerts. But automakers are dumping the radio as they face pressure to eliminate costs, reduce complexity, and increase EV efficiency. Please record a voice note and send all audio submissions to ansocial at crane.com. Please be sure to include your first and last name and what location you're calling from. Again, send those to ansocial at crane.com. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process steel jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. 
it's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Dealership consultant and author Max Zanin says it's a problem that there's no licensing or certification requirements to become an F&I manager or director. He says those roles are too often filled by people without much experience and the training that they provide is lacking. That's why Zanin says he wrote his latest dealership-related book, Definitive Guide to F&I. He spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Schein about how the book can help dealership management and F&I leaders. Max, pleasure to have you on the F&I Friday edition of Daily Drive. Dan, I'm super psyched to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, you are the author of a new book, the fifth in the, uh, the, the Perfect Dealership series. Well, this one's called The Definitive Guide to F&I, Management Products Reinsurance. Tell me why uh, you turned your attention to the F&I department for this latest book. So believe it or not, you know, I, uh, I derive 100% of my income from F&I. And uh, the first four books, you know, I wasn't bright enough to write about F&I. So finally, you know, I understood that uh, there's a tremendous problem that we have in automotive when it comes to F&I, because all of the F&I is learning on the job, right? There's no licensing requirements. So you and I can become finance managers tomorrow. Now, if, if you saw my math scores, then you know that I couldn't, but go ahead. I don't quit. <laughs> so this is the real problem. There's no licensing requirement. There's really no training of any kind. What happens in the real world is that let, let's assume you were really good at selling cars. Most likely you will get promoted to be a sales manager or a finance manager. And another finance manager is going to show you the ropes. Whether you know the other guy who's teaching you is doing it the right way, nobody knows, right? So that's how bad habits transcend generations in F&I. So I figured, you know, this is a, a tremendous opportunity to set the record straight, not only for the finance managers, but for the dealer principals, right? Because F&I is a tremendous, tremendous profit center for any car dealership, except maybe for these two, two and a half years of the pandemic, where the balance of power shifted to the front end. But if you look at car sales prior to the pandemic, and if you look at car sales going forward, most likely, again, it will be the finance department that's going to make a difference on the P&L statement for the dealer principal. Right. It's a huge profit center for, for a dealership. And like you said, there's, there's not a lot of, you know, you're, but you're also big danger of compliance issues or regulatory issues there. Um, mostly than maybe other parts of a dealership. Are those kind of the, some of the issues that you have seen uh, over the years is, is just kind of, again, the onboarding of, of someone new in the finance department or F&I department and maybe not enough training? Exactly. And, and if you think about compliance, it stems from the onboarding, right? So, so if people that are onboarding you don't know what compliance means, 
right? Because compliance means different things for different departments. F&I compliance is very different from service and parts compliance, right? Because in service and parts, we're mostly concerned with OSHA regulations, whereas in, in sales and F&I, we're concerned with uh, other regulations, such as safeguarding consumer non-public information or disposing of consumer non-public information or recognizing red flags to prevent identity theft. And I cover all these topics in the book because, because again, it's very unfortunate that there is no licensing requirement to be a finance manager because they are highly, highly paid professionals. And, and I'll give you an example. In New York City, if you and I want to become barbers, we need to complete 500 hours before getting a barber's license. But if you and I want to become a finance managers, then you start tomorrow, good luck. And you, you got to hope that uh, the person training you knows what they're doing and they're doing and they're, that they're doing it the right way. Correct. So besides reading your book, what what recommendations? So I'm, a, I'm a new dealership principal somewhere and I'm, I'm taking over this dealership. What are your recommendations on how I should be running my F&I department? So the first recommendation is that most dealer principals understand the value of training when it comes to their sales department. Every Saturday morning, I'm pretty sure that 99% of car dealerships have a Saturday morning sales meeting, right? And they talk to their salespeople about doing the walk around, you know, following the steps to the sale, right? But for some reason, we completely ignore this component when it comes to F&I, right? So if we have, let's say, a walk around competition in the sales department, right, who's going to present the car better, why don't we have some kind of a competition in F&I to see if our finance managers are capable of presenting all the finance products and make a compelling argument why a customer should purchase those products. Put them on a spot. Make them do the pitch. Make them overcome objections. The same thing we do in sales department. It's, it's no different. You know, another point for the, for the dealer principals is uh, there's a term reinsurance, right? I speak to car dealers, meaning dealer principals, every day, right? And at first, you think that everybody knows what you're talking about, right? But they don't. And what ends up happening, right? Because, again, reinsurance means many different things. There are different structures. And what ends up happening is that car dealers in many instances, end up paying way, way too much for the reinsurance program that they're in. And because either they're too proud or too busy, you know, they never question it. So, so they actually end up being the first-time buyers. You know, when the first-time buyer comes into the showroom, you know, and they, they pay the full pop for everything. You know, and that's what happens to a lot of car dealers. So in this book, I actually try to demystify reinsurance. So car dealers would know what to ask for. What is it that they're paying for? Are there any hidden fees? The name of these hidden fees, where to look for them. You know, so at the end of the day, they can actually build generational wealth that was promised to them 
by enrolling into this type of a reinsurance or a dealer-owned warranty company structure. Who's this audience? I mean, who's the audience of your book? Who are you, who are you writing this for? So I think there's uh, three sets of audience, right? There are obviously dealer principals for the sake of reinsurance. Also, there are general managers and directors of finance for the sake of choosing the right products and, and certain management techniques. Because again, we can know everything about the products and we can know everything about compliance. But what about the actual management, right? How do you manage a finance department? How many customers should a finance manager see per month? How much money per customer should the finance manager make? What are the KPIs in our industry? So I cover all of that in the book. And also in, in the last section of the book, I have word tracks for the finance managers. So if you happen to be an aspiring finance manager or a finance manager right now, and you need help with word tracks, it's all there in the book. Excellent. Max, thanks for joining us today. Best of luck with the book. And uh, we'll see you again next time when, when the book number six comes out. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Max Zanin is a dealership consultant and author. His latest book is Definitive Guide to F&I. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Lindsey Van Hulley, Carly Schaffner, CJ Moore, and Karn Dingra for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on dealership finance and insurance, EV charging, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Tune in on Monday for a conversation with U.S. Department of Energy Deputy Assistant Secretary Michael Barabay about the department's Hydrogen Hub Initiative. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.